0: This is the Hartford Online Radio
1: Network, 21st Century Audio, delivered on TheHorn.com. Everybody snap. Easy to snap too. Ah,
0: it is easy to snap to. We are open for business, the podcast that explores all things business, entrepreneurship, marketing, technology, customer service, and making a few honest dollars for yourself. Bandwidth for On The Horn is provided by Amazon S3 servers. Amazon S3 is storage over the Internet. Retrieve any amount of data at any time from anywhere on the web. Highly scalable, reliable, fast, secure, inexpensive, and all from a name you trust, Amazon. For more information about Amazon S3 storage, Visit aws.amazon.com. This is episode 42, Finding a Job in a Poor Job Market. Kind Kind of a tough thing to do, but many of us know folks that have been out of work for one, two, three, maybe even three years. Open for Business is sponsored by Gateway Financial, the accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyerjack, Deepwater Seafood of Avon, and Central CT Dental. Com. I'm Brian Parker, joined today by Zen Master Tommy Russo, co-owner of LNR Productions, a full-service audio video production house, LNR Productions.com. Hello,
1: Tommy. Hey. hey Brian, how are you doing this afternoon? I am good. How is your weekend? I'm oh, doing really well, and it's nice to see you hairless, man. I am hairless. <laughs> I didn't know you were looking when we were in the bathroom. There you go. (laughs) Ken Cook is also here, acclaimed author, speaker,
0: Fortune 500 consultant, and contributor to Inc. Magazine, now running Peer-to-Peer Advisors. Check him out at Peer-to-Peer Hello, Kenny. Brian, there is no way I can follow that exchange. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Lynch is also joining the conversation. He is the founder of a 631-member Connecticut reemployment group on LinkedIn. Mike, good to see you. Thank Michael, you. nice thank to thank have you, for you having on me. board yep. here. here. Very excited. Yeah, it's very absolutely. exciting. High, high fives going around. I can yeah. barely contain myself. That's how excited I am. <laughs>
2: oh Chill. Oh, my
0: God. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the uh, job market and why it really, 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 really is tough to find a job. But first, Tommy's going to get us in the mood with some Tommy quotes that he brings in each week. Tommy, take it away. Well,
1: thanks. I had fun researching quotes for this particular show. Okay. I did. So I've got two, and this will, I think, in some ways demonstrate the fun. One is from Confucius. Okay. And the other,
3: Milton Berle. Well, let Mike know. Confucius and (laughs) Milton
1: Berle. I love it. Right? Isn't that great? (laughs) Mike,
3: as our guest, our game here is trying to figure out which quote goes with who. So it's Milton Berle and Confucius. All
1: right. Here goes the first. Choose a job you love, and you will never have to work a day in your life. Let me repeat that one. Choose a job you love, and you will never have to work a day in your life.
0: I believe that's Dick Robinson from the Connecticut (laughs) Schools of Broadcasting. And
1: then we go on to, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. One more time, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Burl and
2: Confucius, wow.
1: Yeah. Michael, any thoughts? I have no
2: idea. They, uh, They were thinking alike the two of them that's for sure absolutely the deal build a door
0: sounds more confucius like don't you think i'll go with all that right, yeah that's what i'm gonna go with
2: man all
1: three of you wrong <laughs> that's the last time we let you take G- the boom. lead boom milton uh, burrow is responsible for if opportunity doesn't knock build the door and confucius choose a job you love and you will never have Confu- to work a day in your life it's i, w- inter- I wouldn't have thought
0: confucius would say like find a job that you yeah.
1: like. It d- doesn't well maybe it's you know a watered down translation but it's what came up when I did the search. I particularly loved knowing that Michael was going to be our guest the Milton Burrow quote because I think you lived up to this my friend in more ways than one. Opportunity wasn't knocking you chose to build the door you created your own opportunity here mm-hmm. yes. Would uh, you would you view that in the same light? I think so. This yeah, is no, the uh,
0: the that's... LinkedIn group which is right? The the only thing I haven't actually figured out in social media is what the hell to do with my LinkedIn stuff?
2: Hmm. So, well, what do you do on one LinkedIn? Of the, one of the things you can do is create a group, right. and you can create a group for any reason—your okay. your college fraternity, your uh, your softball team, okay, uh, New York Giant football fans. Uh, this this evolved after starting a group uh, where people met on a face to face basis on a weekly basis, and one of them had said why don't we find a way to expand this network because not everybody who would like to attend these meetings can still interact with the group and thus was able to build the group in conjunction with the 30 to 35 people that would come to weekly meetings who would also be part of the the marketing of the organization and then uh, more and more people would join the conversations that we would carry on in the meetings and then onward as discussions in the linkedin group so how does someone get
0: a hold so if someone wants to be part of your group how do they do they just find you on linkedin or
2: correct they and would,
0: then they come to a physical meeting where they get to meet people face to face as well
2: that that's a that's optional i mean it's it, we we would we'd appreciate that but they can still we have people from uh actually we have people from all over the world that participate in the group online um but we in order to be in the online group you need to have a linkedin profile right and as long as you have a linkedin profile which is free right you can request to join the Connecticut reemployment group and when I click the right button the person's led into the group mm-hmm. we don't really discriminate against anyone and uh, it continues to grow at roughly 180 to 200 new people yearly online and then we have week week I'm sorry monthly meetings that attract about so where do you people. meet?
0: What, what do you do? Like go to a, rest, a restaurant and have, or what, where do you meet? I mean, that, that could be a lot of people showing up.
2: We were uh, fortunate to have uh, Northwestern Mutual Financial in uh-huh. West Hartford Center yeah. approach us. I had put out a, I had put out the word that the business community needs to show support to those who are trying to find work, and the way you can do it is by hosting a meeting for no charge, getting the brand exposure of your own brand. For these people in need. Good, thank you. And here's the good news: I got a call the other day from my contact at Northwest, who said, "Guess what? One of the guys who came in for a uh, for the last meeting, we uh, we've got Gonna his portfolio. We've got his portfolio. Well, that's another that's another possibility there. Okay. But again, it's a branding. Cha- these folks know that if we do good for the community by helping out these people and offering our beautiful conference room." something good will probably come back to us
0: so they're looking for northwestern mutual is looking for reciprocity somehow they're not just doing it because they're good corporate citizens they're looking to say you know what this could this could lead to some money for us um
2: yeah i think i I don't know if they worded it that way (laughs) but uh well you know we're we're very matter of fact here so (laughs) absolutely now how many companies responded uh there's let's put it this way there's people that are still responding now it's been about a half dozen wow. I have to I'm in the good situation of the folks at Northwestern are telling me hey for as long as you keep running these meetings we wouldn't mind having the opportunity to host them so it's That's one great. of those it yeah if it, is, if it isn't broken don't fix it and then I do know that I can go to some other people should anything change
3: yeah now I'm also curious take me through a conversation or a discussion in your monthly meeting. What are the topics? What are people talking about?
2: The thing we love to focus on falls under the heading of what is your story. That, and what I mean by that is, when you are unemployed, you walk around with a resume. Correct. And your resume, at times, indicates where you're trying to go in your next job. Okay. But often doesn't. We work on building stories that allow any of you folks in the room to be able to react to the story and say, hey, I can help you get to where you're trying to go. Now, the story can be anything from I'd like to be a receptionist at Aetna to, well, no, I I used to work at Aetna. I am now starting my own business and I want to be able to make uh, silverware. That I call it a forward thinking, forward acting story, because the meetings were going to come to a grinding halt if everybody stood up in the meetings and went, in 1977, I started out doing this, and in 1984, I did this, and when they'd be done doing that, you'd say, well, where where do we go from here? Well, yeah, I don't really want to do any of those things.
1: I'm a student and have been for quite a while of the Law of Attraction, Jerry Esther Hicks, a whole bunch of other people. And I'm going to paraphrase what you have just said, but I think I hit the nail on the head. As opposed to what is in this moment, what will be in the next moment. Is that what you guys are saying?
2: Correct. And and not everybody can instantly offer that. So we work through a process of asking questions. What kind of questions? If you... Uh, had all the money in the world, what would you be doing? You, you, you know those questions, cool. those standard questions yeah. that are out there. We try to get a little more. And as, uh, Ken, you and I had talked about, uh, I'm a big disciple of Simon Sinek. Yep. We, you, you were talking about uh, quotes. Here's a quote. People do not buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Good quote.
3: If you read, you, you really, I can see Brian's expression. You're going to have to expand on that. Sure. Brian's lost.
1: It th- there's a, there's Could a, be it, the Samson syndrome. Might be. No hair, there, no, no mind. Hair. Oh. <laughs> Sorry,
2: Brian. It, there's, a, there's, a, there's a visual piece to this that we'll, we'll work around. But uh, Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the way uh, people communicate. And he said that successful people will always communicate why they do what they do. They'll state that first. They'll tell a little bit about how they do it. And ultimately they'll tell you what in general it is that they do. And he explained that the rest of the world communicates in the opposite direction. Here's how it works. I used to be in sales. Tom, you come up to me and say, Hey Mike, what are you doing these days? Oh, I sell advertising. That's what I do. Oh yeah, what's involved in that? Well, I have to go out in the street and I knock on doors, and I hope people will talk to me about advertising, so that's how I do it. But why, are you, but why do you sell advertising? And you know what's interesting about all this? I went back and looked at my career, I couldn't answer that question. The answer cannot be to make money, because that is a result of your effort, but it's not your why. But so is anything else.
0: Like if I said in my investment firm, I do this, because I am frustrated by the marketplace, and I think there's an easier, better, cheaper way for people to invest their money. That would be a pretty good why, right? That would be a good why. But that is still the result. The result of what? The, the, that That is still a result. I want to I get people out of that system and, and, and put them with me so they don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Which would be the same as saying, I do this because it's very profitable. But
3: I, I think what Michael's alluding to, which... As you described your why there, Brian, that to me I connect to because it's emotionally based. And there's a passion behind wanting to get people <sighs> out of the system. And I think Could that's what Cynic was saying, if I'm paraphrasing and understanding him correctly. People connect to your passion. They don't connect to your function.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And it
3: really is about... Can you do like,
0: I, I do X because,
2: is that really the kind of phrase that we're looking at? I do investing because I'm, you know. Well, you know what, why don't I do this? I'm going to give you an example of Simon Sinek communication as it relates to the reemployment group. And it starts with, here's here's why the Connecticut reemployment group exists. To inspire individuals to manage their careers by raising awareness of their purpose, passions, and beliefs. That's one, w- one more time, please to inspire the, the, uh, to inspire individuals to manage their careers by raising awareness of their purpose, passions and beliefs
3: awareness with who
2: awareness of the world yeah
3: the outside world both both, both. absolutely okay.
0: um, that, that's, that's big. That, I mean it's, that's it's, like huge is it's, it's you'd, almost like two I think it's two wordsmithed. To be, you know, if I'm going to be honest about it, it's kind of like, it's like you work too hard on it. Well. Probably, I probably did. But, because I, I, I don't know,
3: you know. Once you grasp it, though, what I love about it is it, it totally reframes a job search. It makes searching for a job not about looking for a position and hoping that it might exist somewhere that someone might hire you. It says, hey, world, I have value. Uh, this is what I'm bringing to you. Now let's see if we can match it up somewhere.
0: Isn't it? Isn't that just a, a, a fancier, verbose way of saying "do what you love"? Isn't I, that really? Uh, I mean, isn't I, that? Isn't
2: I, the "do what you love" and you'll never work you know, a day in your life? Isn't yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. You know what the, the tr- You know what the, the trick is on that though, Brian? Shazam. Um, you know what the trick is? Uh, no one. Uh, no one. Few have taken the time to actually answer that question of. Do what you love. So yeah. I think yes, this is a little bit of a different way of attacking the the angle uh, on on you know on getting to where you're trying to go. I find it interesting to host meetings and say to people that I've just met for the first time. Do do you, do you have a sense of purpose in your life? Yeah. What do you, what are you passionate about? And by the way, it's it's legal for you to answer that question. And what and what types of beliefs? do you hold? And none of these things are bad things. Yeah. And if we can ever get you to start sharing those, you know what will happen? As Cynic says, we are attracted to people who believe what we believe. That is a reality of life. That's part of the law of attraction. You think so? I uh, don't think so.
0: I don't think we're attracted to people who believe what we believe. I think we're attracted to people who say something with such conviction that we suddenly believe what they believe. I
1: I'm gonna to tend to lean yeah. in Brian's I I would just leave it as we're attracted to people that believe because if you
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's an even better way of yeah. saying
1: it I, I yeah, I'm I if if I don't know Ken but he comes across which he does as a really passionate person, even if I don't ultimately buy into it going to mm-hmm. think man this guy has got something working for him cuz he yeah. is so into his belief uh, and it's going to motivate me to want to pay attention. Yeah. And, and it's you, much and, like you
0: know I'm reading about uh you know like the Sikh Indians because of that horrendous shooting and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And as it turns out long ago I um when I was in uh in church uh, the CYL the Christian Youth Organization yeah. one of the uh pastors brought in a Sikh Indian and he was talking to us about it and I was riveted by the idea Of what his religion was—not that I believed any of it—but it was so interesting to hear him talk about it. That's a great example. That I was—I was drawn to it, and I wanted to know more about it. And so, you know, I'm thinking back on that now, and you know, kind of refreshing my memory. But it wasn't because I identified with him; I was just interested because he said it with great conviction and passion and honesty.
1: You know, it's interesting to me, though, and here's the question for the group: Why has that been? directly and indirectly drummed out of a significant portion of our population most people that i know have so disconnected to their belief system to the passion that somewhere i ha- i want to believe and maybe this makes me the pollyanna here but i believe that everybody had it early on in one form or another some connection something that was important to them that was they were passionate about And it's gone because you have a lot of Robotrons out there, both employed and unemployed, that a group like yours becomes a huge tool for because they have no idea of the languaging, let alone making the connection to get to this is something. Oh, yeah, I should be passionate about it. That's a that's a disconnect for a high percentage of the population. So why is that? Why? Why are why are we have a, a world full of and I don't I guess this sounds derogatory. I don't mean it derogatorily. Robotrons.
3: I think it's survival. I think people just need to make paychecks to pay the mortgage and to put food on the table. And they take what's available because they can't design what they would love. Mike and Tom and I were talking before the show about the journey we each take down the entrepreneurial road. Yet we are the exceptions. Entrepreneurs don't exist except for a small percentage of the population, most people work for someone else, which means that you immediately are limited by what that other person requires for that position. I remember when I had one of my first jobs was with the Bell Telephone Company back before Judge Green got to it in 1982 and split it up. And I wrote a job description for what I wanted to do for that company. And I basically said, look... We have, and we being Bella, Pennsylvania, we own all the wiring in every building in town. It's ours. Why don't we make buildings smart? And I wanted to go in and work with engineers and make smart buildings. Now, this is
1: 1979.
3: Whoa. And uh, fortunately, it was proven true years and years later, and I made...
1: I didn't make anything on I was going to say, <laughs> wait a minute. Bupkis comes to mind.
3: Yeah, Bupkis <laughs> is about right. But I was able to passionately write my own job description. I think that would be a fabulous exercise for your group meetings. Write your passionate job description.
0: Let's actually do that. We could do that for the rating game. We could say how strong are your core beliefs when you were 18 years old? You know, that, that passion or, or 25, you know, pick, pick an early year mm. for yourself. And we can do that. You want to do that right after the, uh, do right it. after the break? <laughs> the king of segways is struck
1: again. I, you noticed. <laughs> we need a sounder for the king of segways. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a sounder. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> Professional radio See, there's no at way, its best. <laughs> I can't.
0: I can't do the dental one yet because now we're all like unprofessional. So now I got to tell you about Deepwater. Deepwater Seafood of Avon. Do you want to do it there, Tommy? Do you want to do it? Oh, no,
1: no. No, You you want me to do the Deepwater thing? Oh, I have Reaper.
0: Okay, you ready? Yes. Here here we go. It's when I point to you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Deepwater Seafood of Avon. (laughs) Deepwater. Don't laugh afterwards. People hear that. Oh, Farmington Valley's freshest seafood store. They are open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. One of the best things about Deep Water. Deep water. Okay. Uh, is that they get uh, three deliveries of fresh fish every day. Let me tell you what's important about Deepwater Seafood. It's the three deliveries. You don't get that anywhere else. I mean, the fish... When they open in the morning, the fish that they sell at night is still swimming around. Where else do you go to get that? Nowhere. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's have you been to Deepwater yet there, Ken? I have not, but I don't frequent Avon often. Well, you're going to now because it's worth the drive. That's shit. What is your favorite kind of way to have shrimp? Do you like the shrimp cocktail or do you like the scampi? What do you like?
3: Um, I'm more of a scampi kind of guy,
0: yeah. Now, do you guys do different wines for different fish and all that kind of stuff? Or are you pretty much like white wine and here we go?
1: Bones Farm all the way. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I
0: sit at Tommy's table.
2: Brown paper bag. <laughs> Brown paper bag. MD yeah.
1: 2020 man here.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, New England clam bake is what they have for you. They're doing the New England clam bake, which is really great. We're actually doing this on the 25th of this month. Wait, did we get our invi-
3: We still haven't gotten our invitation. I know.
1: We
0: got to add
3: Mike to that
1: no <laughs> invite list. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's everyone I know is going to go. Everyone, you know, from the from the radio station here and everyone uh, in my personal life and from the investment company. They're all going to be there. It's going to be great. And a lot of you listeners are all going to be there. Except for the big uh for the big clam bake except for these two, three, these three. <laughs> uh, you can call your order ahead, which is very convenient, 860-676-9657, and they will have your order ready for pickup when you arrive. After work, Deepwater Seafood of Avon.
1: Deepwater.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're joking. It's like <laughs> this.
1: Deepwater. Thank you, Brian. Deepwater. Okay.
0: That was better. <laughs> uh, deepwater Seafood water seafood. Dot com. So let's do the rating thing here. How strong on a scale of 1 to 10 are those sort of core passion beliefs that you had when you were 20? How strong were they at the age of 20? No, how strong are they still today? So have you moved away? Like I know for sure when I was 20 years old, I did not want to sit in an office because I thought that's how people wasted away. And to some extent it's still true. So I wanted to do something that I used not only in my head but also my my brawn, my body, and do something. Now what do I do? <laughs> I have two companies where I sit all day. So you know that's certainly changed. But you know what else are your core beliefs? I mean, at, at what point, or at what point did you realize you know what, screwed? I, I I need the money. H- have you ever said that to yourself? Like screwed? I'm going to do this only because I need the money. Yeah, my first job because
3: I couldn't find a job to serve my core beliefs what about recently uh i've 30 years later circled back i am focused uh as my wife says to me you have finally found your voice and i am doing what i am absolutely passionate about
0: okay but it's taken me 30 years to circle back to it i had to pay the bills Tommy, what was the last job that you had that you just that you took the last you know whatever the the client wanted at LNR and you just said, "Fine,
1: today that stinks, <laughs> but we'll do it your way today." Uh, well, oh. kind of actually. Though we we had a fun project that we did, but uh, you know I can say for myself that I've really, with rare exception, have ever lost sight of the passion of the focus of doing the things that I've wanted to do as early back as twenty and maybe even earlier than that. But, you know, the, is there because of the almighty dollar and making sure all overhead, et cetera, is met? Are there times when when compromise is is met? No doubt about it. There, There is. But I feel like I've done pretty good of staying true to yeah. original core yeah. passions and beliefs. It's been you know, a, a significant I, part of my being.
3: Tommy's garage band persona still comes through.
1: Thank you.
0: I was thinking, uh, as you were... Explaining that, you know, I have this investment philosophy, and that's it's my thing. That's what I know. I do it this way, and it works. Boom. And I do remember uh, there was a, th- a group of three guys that came in, and they wanted to pool their assets together. Not really, but you know, they wanted to household with themselves so they could get a lower rate because they're cheap. And uh, what they wanted to do with their money was outside of my my comfort zone. It was not what I did. This mm-hmm. is not what I do. And they couldn't find this low cost deal, so they said, "No, no, no. We'll we'll tell you what to buy. We just want the cheap price." And I'm like, "I don't understand. I don't even know what the heck I'm doing in this relationship. Why don't you guys just go off and buy it on your like, open up an E Trade account, yeah, and do it?" And they're like, "No, no, no. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that." I'm like, "I don't get it. Because I'm not going to be doing any of this." But so I, I was very uncomfortable doing this because I couldn't figure out why I was costing them money for really no reason. There's a ton of Fidelity greenhorns that do it. Yeah, no, I absolutely, and I just don't know why. Well, fidelity, see, they can't; they're kind of stuck to whatever fidelity Fidelity proper tells them what what the price is. And so, you know, for you know, so I get you know twenty five basis points for this. uh, It's like I don't know, like six million dollars that these three guys have together, and I don't know what, like, I'm not really doing anything for them. Like they tell me what to do, and then I go make the trade, and I don't charge them for the trade. So you're compromised, but I.
3: I want to circle back on this passion and compromise thing. Okay. With your experience with the group, Mike, what's what's the fail-safe point? At what point do people, when they first join the re-employment group, my thinking is that they would be passionate about describing their why. They would be enraptured with saying, wow, this is, after months of frustration, a great new way to look at my job search. But when does the fail-safe kick in? When do they sit there and say, this has been fun, but I haven't found anything yet. So.
2: A lot of them will say that right out of the gate. Really? They will. That's uh, too bad. It's it, it's, it's really a process. Actually, most of the people, when they're first exposed to the group, again, do that um, resume, recitation. Yep. Here's what I've done. And even if you ask the simple question, but moving forward in the perfect world, what would you be doing? There's curious, not curious, there's a blanks there, often. And I don't say that uh, to be mean, they have not spent a lot of time thinking thinking that that stuff through. So you're right. For those of you who have given a lot of thought out of the gates of, here's here's what I know I want to be doing in life and, and getting my voice 30 years later, or you, Tom, who I always have an impression of, grew up with a guitar kind of in his hand and still probably to this day keeps it in his hand as part of his job uh, getting people who either worked in the in- insurance industry or other industries that got downsized mm-hmm. their their self-esteem issues yeah there's depressed There's depression issues Definitely. and it, i say this with all again with all due respect that i'm not a physician but there's a there's a process and not everybody is even willing to come go, go down the road of oh if i could just here's what i always dreamt of doing yeah i could just say no, uh, no, no, I don't think I want to do that. Right. There's, and it's so thus, this, this process we're talking about is not for everyone. For as much as I'd like to think that yeah. everyone would want to jump in, even with the premise of, hey, let's, even if we just pretend, just imagine the words and the thoughts and the beliefs that will come out tied to our, yeah. you never know where that will take you. Not everybody's willing to play that game. Any sense on the six
3: hundred and thirty one or whatever the fluctuating number has been as to how many people actually get jobs
2: a uh, m- couple things on that not everyone in the group is unemployed okay There are small business owners, there are recruiters, there are career coaches there are h r directors wow. there's a nice mission and that was as I started to figure out what I was doing when i after I accidentally got into this hmm. uh, I thought we can't just have. All job seekers. Now, also, there's gra- what I call graduates. When I started the group in 2009, there was a pack of us in late 2000- 2009 and 2010 that went on to very good jobs that stay part of the network and who can be great resources Interest. for people who That's are looking. Super. So, you know,
1: you bring up a, a great point. And, Ken, if you don't mind, I'm going to use no, you one more do. time as, a, as a, an example. I have to bet that in different parts of your career where maybe you didn't completely have the voice that you own now that you still came to the table with passion and enthusiasm and focus and intention and all of that so that's my question in direction towards you michael in this moment does the group help those that are employed right now maybe not the job of their dreams but encourage them to bring to the table Even in this, you know, passageway job that they have to be able to come to the table with a high degree of passion to do the best that they can to and look at it possibly as a stepping stone to something greater, something better beyond. Because you see a lot of people in positions that are dead. That haven't, you know, that aren't inspired, and then they wonder why they get overlooked for promotions, and that their road to life is going friggin nowhere.
2: That's that's probably a whole nother show going <laughs> off into that direction. <laughs> but but I can answer the I can answer it this way: when when we host a meeting, and someone begins a statement with "I've always dreamt of," "I am deeply passionate about." I want to make a commitment to do. I kind of stop the meeting at that point in time and say, let's, we've got to really focus on this because whatever comes after those words is what we all have to pay attention to right. as it relates to. You know, if I have a commitment to cure cancer because of my father, my cousin, by this, all of a sudden, by the way, we start attracting people who believe what we believe, by the way, when we make those kinds of statements. But um, but getting people comfortable to be able to st- state with confidence those things and not get into, and then thirty-one years ago I got a job. As an Do you find it's <laughs>
0: weird? Does anyone get a little uncomfortable that you're g- gathering up this group of people who are unemployed and there's a bunch of like headhunters in the room? Does, does that make anyone uncomfortable?
2: First of all, you you've, you've um, referenced a dream of mine to have that set up, but that has not. Uh, been the case as I mentioned. There's a cross section of people in this group. Wait, what do you mean? It's, it's a dream. I'm talking about the ex the existing group. And, I, and right. And when you talk, when I talked about the cross section of headhunters, that I'm referring to the online piece. Got it. Right. So you bring up the example of the meeting piece. The meeting piece is primarily made up of people who are job seekers. So okay. well, then, okay.
0: then in, in the group. So the group has a bunch of contact info. And the headhunters who are also in the group also have the contact info of people who are in the group. Correct. Okay. So does anyone feel uncomfortable that, you know, they're joining this group so maybe they can find a job and, you know, they haven't chosen to go to a headhunter, and yet they come into the group and, lo and behold, it's a bunch of, you know, <laughs> it's a bunch of sharks all of a sudden in the room looking to try to get the, get their business.
2: Keep in mind keep in mind what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with unemployed people looking for work. So if there are, we, in my opinion, we can never have enough headhunters. We can never have enough recruiters. And if it gets to a point where somebody feels intimidated mm-hmm. by hearing from those people, well, then you just have to push one button on LinkedIn and you're no longer associated with the group. To be honest, Brian, again, I wish we could get it to be the other way around. I, I look forward to the day where I hear members saying to me, hey Mike, this recruiter is really coming after me about this job. And, and let's assume they're doing it in a professional, ethical manner. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell you this right now, uh, that is not going on enough at the moment. and But it's still a good environment. A LinkedIn group is a great place for a job seeker yeah, And and a recruiter to connect with each other. They Absolutely. don't have to be broadcasting it to the world, but they will have met from this common place. Um, is but, is there coaching on how to develop your profile on LinkedIn for the most
3: attractive positioning possible?
2: Uh, that's a subject very uh, that's very interesting. I'm very interested in. There are so many people in the universe that teach most effective ways to use LinkedIn that, I make suggestions for people to go find people that I know who I will know do that. And I continue to work away at the, how do we present ourselves? Yeah. How do we tell a good story? How do we really focus on our beliefs, our passions, and know that the resume writers have to do Five their job, yeah, and the career coaches have to do their job, and the people who know LinkedIn have to do their job. Everybody's gotta work together. We have a niche in what we're trying to do. You know,
3: there's one other aspect of this that I I want to make sure that the audience hears. When you are passionate about something and describing your ideal dream, wish, hope for job, you recognize that anybody who is hiring someone, they have a level of risk in doing that. Their perception of the risk is, is this person the right person? And they have to trust not only their instincts, but the authenticity of the person. They have to trust whether that person is presenting themselves in a legitimate and honest way. And whenever passion takes over, it is very, very difficult to be not authentic. Because it is the inner who you are. And that invites trust. It invites A hirer to say, boy, if nothing else, Michael is passionate about helping people find jobs. And I need to fill this HR slot. I really should talk to him further about this position. And I think for anybody looking for a job, if you cannot communicate your passion, then you're just only as good as the words on the paper. And that's not good enough.
1: I'd like to read one more quote. I know this is a three-quote day, Brian, but please excuse me here. It's by Martin Luther King, so I'll tell you, but I, and the reason I... No, m- I, I bet it's by
3: Martin Luther King.
1: Damn, is he good. It's unbelievable. Here we go. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets, even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that the host of heaven and earth will pause to say, Here lived a great streets, street sweeper who did his job well. Yeah. And that's in so many words what we're talking about.
2: Yeah. I think. Anyway, I mean that's coming to I the agree.
1: table. I mean a little bit too flowery for my taste, but nonetheless, he communicates the point. And that's basically where I was going before. You know, you've got to bring no matter what the job is, you've got to bring that passion, that energy to the table. And I think yeah. a lot of people out there just don't. Doesn't necessarily make the task of finding that new job a whole lot easier. But are you going to stand out in the crowd when you are vibrating at a whole higher level yeah. than the rest of the pack? The likelihood, at least my my viewpoint, is yes, yes, yes.
2: Well, one additional thought: the group was started with me saying job seekers must think like salespeople. Yes. When you Great get a, when you get a chance to articulate your passions and your beliefs and your purpose, you are increasing your chances for advocacy and what i mean by that is great what i mean by that is not all of us are resourceful enough to find a job with the help of no one and go there and get it ourselves but if i sit in this room profess my beliefs my mission my purpose you hear that you can be an advocate for me tom or you can or you brian and then we get the ball rolling i hear
3: the music but one thought brian and to build on michael's comment for anybody looking for the job, tap into the why, because that's where the passion resides.
1: And I haven't. I wonder, do you bring in guys like Ken Cook and Brian Parker and Tommy Russo every now and then to be a, an example of here's what passion, here's what motivation looks like, here's what someone that wasn't afraid because... I'm you,
3: inviting myself.
1: There know. you go. Th- th- he would be fabulous. We'll,
2: we'll see if we can... Uh... Schedule, schedule you on the calendar. You don't mind
1: me offering your services, Ken. i there. <laughs> okay. I'm there. What are you doing tomorrow morning?
2: <laughs> Going to Rhode Island.
1: So,
0: Brian. That sounds good. Nice little discussion here. Very nice little discussion. We want to thank everyone for listening. And, of course, we couldn't do the show without our sponsors. Amazon.com. Gateway Financial. The accounting firm of Budwitz & Meyer. Jack. Deepwater Seafood of Avon. Deepwater. CentralCTDental.com. <laughs> Very special ch- uh, thanks to our chat room moderator Evan Richards. Uh, third week in a row that it's been a different chat room, and he's uh, just terrific. He's he's like Mister. I can do. I can figure it out. Don't worry. Put any chat room up there. I'll figure out how to moderate it. It's just great. We are closing up business for this week, but join us next Tuesday at 5 p.m. where we will once again be open for business. Cheers.